Well, shit the bed, and everybody, and welcome to a bonus Friday episode edition of Conversations with Shelby Green. I'm your host, the main man, Shelby Green. Excuse me, swig of orange crush for the working man, real quick. The orange crush at the spot every time. So, y'all, I want to appreciate everybody who listened to the show on Monday. Appreciate the downloads. Else, we are officially at 327 downloads for my podcast. Keep pushing the 500, guys. I really appreciate your guys' support. Um, as I stated before, I am back on Twitter now. You can follow me at It Happened 2013, and I will release more information on the podcast as well on that. Also, starting a TikTok channel here real soon. Um, appreciate all the new followers on Instagram. Obviously, my Facebook page obviously, obviously is going up. So, a lot of good things are happening. Um, today... A lot of things to talk about. I'm going to give you guys about an hour, an hour, 15 minutes on this bonus episode. Threw in a little bit on Monday. I had to get an episode in on a time crunch, and I got some good reviews back on that about the Louisville thing. A lot of people really didn't understand it if you're not from the Louisville area, but obviously worldwide, whatever. So a lot of things to talk about college basketball. We'll talk about uh, – we're going to give – and I'm going to give you a, uh, a – Semi-full review, spoiler review of Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I don't remember, I mean, I'm not going to go detail for detail for detail in the film, but I will uh, give you my key points on it, and we'll spoil it for you. So, like I said, spoilers evolved. Got a couple trailer reactions to watch as well, and we got some stuff to re- uh, watch about this past Monday Night on Raw. So, that being said, let's jump into it. First off, college basketball season is here upon us, um, like I said before. Um, the the the, tur- the NCAA tournament, excuse me. Like I said before, Louisville didn't make the tournament, but Kenny Payne is hitting the recruiting trail hard. Last week, um, three five-star recruits committed in one week, the biggest week in the history of Louisville, uh, recruiting Louisville basketball, and that says a lot for that program. Um, congratulations to Rick Pitino getting the St. John's job. I'm rooting for you. I hope you do well. Um, I want to take the, take my time to talk about Louisville Twitter right now. Louisville Twitter's been in a really positive state lately. I mean, there is some negativity, and there's some eyebrows raised, but I get the eyebrow raised. Negativity is whatever. Um, Carter Bryan, a five-star recruit in the class of 2024, cut his list two weeks. It was last week, I believe, that he cut his list down to two schools, Arizona and Louisville. He's a California kid, obviously, so Arizona would be, but Louisville, obviously. He cut it down to those two schools. And um, basically, um, last night, late last night, about 10.30, he put on his Instagram, he received an offer from, from St. John's. Now, I want to make this clear to guys. Rick Pitino is going to get guys. He's going to get recruits. Um, I expect that Ian Jackson from North Carolina is going to flip his commitment to St. John's. And that's possibly going to happen. As I take a drink of Orange Crush. Here's the thing, guys, and I mean this. Kenny Payne is there at Louisville with Nolan Smith, Danny Manning, and Josh Dolson. He's got one of the best staffs in the country. He's got one of the best recruiters in the country on his staff. And KP also, when, when he was an assistant at Kentucky, we can, all, we can sit there and say that Kenny Payne was the number one recruiter in college basketball. He was. The guys he was getting at Kentucky. At Kentucky. Now, I will make this also clear. Yes, I know Rick Pitino. We're talking about Rick Pitino. Hall of Fame coach, top three coach in the game, no matter what you put at. Rick has done it all. Three final, He's the first guy to take three different programs to the Final Four. He's won two national championships, one at Kentucky, one at Louisville, and in 2013 did happen, and I'm not arguing with anybody on that. We won that national title, plain and simple. So people are like, Rick's Mike, he's going to swing – 
Carter Bryant, you don't think that Nolan Smith, Trent Flowers, and those guys are on the phone right now talking or getting in communication with Carter to see what's going on about this? It's good on his resume to get offers. He's going to get offered. I'm pretty sure that Michigan State and these other – I'm just throwing names out there. Michigan State, Duke, and all these guys offered him. But it doesn't matter. He's down to two schools and just made a list. Now, could Patino flip him? Of course he could. He could recruit. Now, New York City and MSG is going to be the selling point, the market. You're playing in New York for Rick Patino. It's going to sell. Rick's going to get some guys. But remember this. Rick has a certain style he wants to play. He has a certain style he wants to play. Just remember how he is. And Rick can get guys to play, come play for him, but also Rick can find a diamond in the rough. He can. Also, remember, he was in the Louisville media market, too, for years, for 15, 16 years. How many five-star recruits did Rick get at, at Louisville? He got a handful, but not many. He didn't land three in one week like Rick, Kenny Payne did. Trust the process. Let's relax. If we don't get Carter Bryant, we don't get Carter Bryant. Good for him. I wish the kid the best. But I hope he's a Louisville Cardinal. Rick. And that's why, for example, that, you know, we have a six foot eight. Um, I apologize. I'm going to pull this article. I'll pull this up. But um, pull this up real quick. Go to my profile on Twitter. Pull it up, pull it up, pull it up, pull it up. Louisville has a, actually a. Where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? Pulling it up, pulling it up, pulling it up, pulling it up. Oh, here it is. Four-star 2024 four-star wing Jalen Shelley tells me he will take an official Louisville visit this week. Top a top 20, some rankings top 25 to 40 prospect in the 2024 class. Number two player in the state of Texas. That's pretty good. Also, 2025 point guard Caden uh, Mag, uh, Magwood took official uh, unofficial visit to Louisville. To Louisville. And he plays at Oak Hill Academy, but he is from the he is from Louisville, Kentucky. Also, um, also, twenty twenty five Elijah Clinton and twenty five twenty five Jaden Miles took an unofficial little visit today as well. So, Kenny Payne is recruiting his ass off right now. He's doing his thing. The transfer portal is one thing. He knows Kenny knows what he's doing, guys. We got the right guy in position now. Now he's got to win some games. I know that. But next season's already looking better. Getting a guy like Trent Flowers <clears throat> is big, is huge for that program. You tell me if you would have told me, I knew we would get he would get guys, but he just need one. Everybody says, well, it was Flowers. To tell you the truth, getting Dennis Evans was big. Getting Dennis Evans was big because you get the best shot blocker in the class of coming with his length and size. Then you turn around and go get a point guard at everybody. We need a guard. We need a guard. We got Sky Clark coming in. A guy that a Kenny recruited at Kentucky and has had some issues, but he's a I believe going to going to going to Louisville is going to play for Kenny Payne is what he needs. And then you turn around, obviously, and he gets flowers in the, the week. Now, the Courier Journal put an article out about flowers. He goes, I hope I am a game changer for a program. And he is. Six foot eight wing slash guard that can handle the ball the way he can, get to the rim, very athletic, has a lot of ability. Not the best shooter from what I've been reading, but I think over time he'll develop that. But he's a guy that you want. And the roster is starting to fill out. Davion McKnight, that popular Western Kentucky guard, is in the portal. As I'm dropping this on Wednesday, obviously, by Friday when this episode drops, things can change on that. Davion McKnight is from Shelbyville, Kentucky. Former Mr. Basketball of the state of Kentucky. I want Davion McKnight in a Louisville uniform. I want him and Sky Clark in the backcourt. I want that. 
I want that more than anything in this world. And that would be special we can get that happen. Now, here's the thing. There are three scholarships now. I stated on Monday how I felt about J- uh, when I recorded the episode, um, I recorded the episode and he dropped on Monday, that I was a fan of Jalen Weir's, and I hope he stays. I don't know. Jalen Weir's in the portal. Six guys are gone from the Universal from last year's team. And so far, he's replaced those with three five-star guys. Kenny Payne now officially this morning the recruiting update update on the on the his recruiting uh, excuse me on his uh his, his class coming in this upcoming season is now sixth. So Kenny went from he went from the number uh, was it sixteen to twelve to six within a week. That shows the magnitude. Of Kenny Payne and what he can do. Kenny Payne is very a soft, simple coach, but Kenny Payne, you can look at and you can tell he has that depth there looking. He knows he has to win. He knows he's got to win. He knows what he's going to have to do. He and he is confident he will turn it around. I believe in Kenny Payne. I believe in him. I believe in his staff, and I will continue to believe in his staff. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll be on the first one to show them that I'm wrong. But I believe him. He's gonna. It's gonna take time. But I also believe with the, the way he's flipping things in the portal, he's gonna turn this thing around sooner or later. Also, shout out to BigRedLouis.com, man. They always put these articles out. You're a little fan. If you're a little fan, you don't follow these guys, and I don't know what you're missing, but they put an article out, obviously. <clears throat> Excuse me. They put an article out, as I pull it up here, about the portal, who are who are the guys the Cardinals are looking for in the portal. And... Jake could post this about out actually an hour ago as I'm I'm recording this on a Wednesday at 10:30 in the morning. This is what he there was a basically what they're talking about. Here's the rosters that currently stands. Actually, I'll read the whole article. With Louisville basketball season ending ending early this actually you know what? I'm gonna pull it up on my uh, semi phone pull it up on my laptop. What the hell am I doing with my life? Give the ghost Phil be a dumbass. <laughs> I'm just in a good mood this morning, guys. Good positive vibes and also um um. What was I going to say? I, I had a uh, comment. Oh, uh, also, people have been asking me about the YouTube situation. Kind of delayed on that. Got some stuff going on. Just got a lot going on right now. Um, putting school on the back burner right now. Putting a lot of things on the back burner. Just um, just doing what I got to do. Uh, so, here's here it is right here, guys. I'm pull this article up. Uh, Jay Cook put this article out. Who are the cards? Who the cards are looking at in the portal? With Louisville basketball season ending early this year, all eyes have been fixed on the transfer portal and some late additions to the class of 2023. Let's take a look at which players the cards have shown interest in. Before we get into who the cards are interested in, we take a look at how the roster stands where hope is needed the most. How the roster stands. So currently, guys, this is what we got. We got guard Sky Clark, so- <coughs> guard Sky Clark, sophomore, guard Mike James, sophomore, guard Hersey Miller, walk on. Keep. Uh, I'd like to keep her on the team too. By the way, guard Karan Davis. Now, obviously, Karan Davis, JUCO. So obviously, Sky Clark and Hersey are point guards. Mike James, I think, is a three, but they got him listed as a guard. Um, and Karan Davis is a two guard as well. I think Karan can play a little point guard, but he is more of a volume scorer. So obviously, you put him at the two spot. 
So obviously we are in desperate need of a point guard and a probably a more consistent three-point shooter. I think those are the two most needed positions on this team. Go to the forward spot. This is where we're not hurting. JJ Trainer Sr. hopefully start next year. Caleb Glenn, Louisville, Louisville Male up at a um no, I'm sorry, is he yeah, Louisville Male High School. But obviously he's up in a that prep school up here in northern Indiana. Caleb Glenn is a dog. Curtis Williams Jr., freshman. And I remember when Kenny Payne got Curtis Williams last year. I looked at the guys he was recruiting against, Florida State, Providence, and Alabama. I said, yep, that's the type of guy I want. I like Curtis, so grab Curtis. And obviously Trenton Flowers, freshman forward. He says he is not a fresh, he is not a forward. He is a guard. So we're going to see this. Now here's where we go up front now. Forward center, Emmanuel Okafor, sophomore. The, you know, the kid they got from the NBA Africa League. Keep an eye on Churchill at Bass, too. We haven't heard anything about that, but it could be. Forrest last term, Bradley Huntley Hatfield Jr. And center, Dennis Evans, freshman. So, and they talk about the Cardinals who lost six players in the portal. Forward, Kamari Lance. Forward, Jalen Withers. Center, Sidney Curry. Guard, Fabio Brazil. Fred forward, Devin Reed. Center, Roosevelt Wheeler. Article continues. As the roster currently stands, Louisville has two or three open scholarships. This number depends on whether or not Eli Ellis decides to return and exercise his COVID year. So, who have the cards shown interest in as they look to fill out a few open spots on their roster? First off, it does. I think he got this mistaken because Eli's scholarship doesn't count because he has a free COVID year, so it wouldn't go against scholarship. So currently, they have three. They have and and Kamari and not Kamari. Um, Hurst Miller is a walk on, so he it doesn't matter. If he whatever he he's basically on scholarship, he's a walk on. So you got two free guys. So they got three scholarships. So here's the first guy we're talking about: Khalif Battle, six foot five guard, Temple University. Khalif Battle is probably the the player I be most excited to see in a Louisville land this transfer portal. Well, he's one of them for me. The six foot five combo guard averaged seventeen point nine points per game, so almost eighteen a game, three point six rebounds, almost four, and almost two assists per game while shooting forty one percent from the field. And eh, 35% from behind for the three-point line. Well, that's not bad. According to the on-three transfer portal rankings, Battle is the ninth best current player available in the portal. Paddle. Battle would have made an incredible, incredible backcourt duel with Sky Clark running the point guard position. But Louisville is not alone in the pursuit of the, the, the star guards. The star of the star guard. The cards are just one of the, the major 25-plus uh, programs who reached out to the highly touted transfer. Joe Tipton, who always puts this out here, I mean, he's got Villanova, Arkansas, Arizona, Ohio State, Memphis, Florida, Florida State, USC, Louisville, UCLA, LSU, Arizona State, South Carolina, Xavier, and Oregon. Looking at him. Battle was a four, a high four-star recruit in the class of 2019. Spent one season at Butler University before spending the last three seasons at Temple University. He began the year off, off the team's Team six men, but injuries forced him to start eight games for Temple. It wasn't all rose for the Battles and the Owls, though. For the Battle and the Owls, though. According to the Philadelphia Choir, Battle got into public speech with his coaches, and eventually Battle left the Owls, Owls for a few weeks before the season ended for undisclosed reasons. Whatever the issues were for him, his talent far outweighs any risk that would become, be coming, would come in picking him up. Let me take a drink real quick, y'all. Here's a quick video about doing what he does best, hitting tough shots. He does take some tough shots. Um, I the issue with that, I mean, it was similar to what we have with Kamar uh, with uh, the rumors about Moni Bates coming to Louisville. Obviously, Moni didn't come, but it is what it is. Next person we're talking about here, the next person, Charles Pride. This is a guy right here I've raised my eyebrow about. 
Charles Pry's six foot four guard, Bryant University. Charles Pry is another guard that could come in and help Louisville immediately. The combo guard has spent the last four seasons at Bryant University as one of the best perimeter players in American East Northeastern Conference. Pry finished last year with an impressive 14.6 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, and 2.4 assists while shooting 45% from the field and 37% from the three-point line with with more than five threes-pointers attempted per game. So he's shooting in the high 30s, in the mid-40s. He's rebounds at a pretty good clip for a guard. That's the type of guy I like seeing in a Louisville uniform. So right off the bunch there, I like that number. The list of schools isn't impressive for Pry, but Louisville still has a lot of competition to fight through the land of New York Navy, who's left the who is ranked as the 54 best player in the portal. Look, guys, the portal rankings are great. There's a lot of guys in this thing. There's over almost two or three hundred players in this damn thing already. So if you're getting a guy who's in the top 50 or 60 in the portal, chances are he's probably a decent player. Six foot. This is from Andrew Slater on Twitter. This is a basically a picture put up here. Six foot four transfer Charles Pry. Who has a fifteen hundred point, uh, fifteen hundred point score? Shots thirty seven percent from three. Has heard from the following: Lloyd, Chicago, Rhode Island, Louisville, Lloyd, Marymount, Cincinnati, Arkansas, Towson, Robert Morris, SMU, Marsden, North North Texas, San Francisco, Vitek, Saint Saint Bonaventure, and FIU. Pride has had an illustrious career with Brian as he helped take the Bulldogs to their first ever NCAA tournament last year. He has a one more remaining of eligibility. Here are some Pride games a couple years ago. So he can play a little bit. He's a good rebounding guard. Obviously, I wish there were some more prestige schools recruiting him, but Cincinnati, Arkansas, Vitek. I mean, Arkansas is in the Sweet 16. So, But Arkansas seems like they're offering everybody out of the portal right now, man, they're looking at. Um, so let's go down here. Miles Stute. Miles Stute doesn't narrowly have the impressive stat lines of last players with 8.4 points per game and 4.6 rebounds average, but he still puts up impressive numbers for a junior in the SEC. Stutton has two years of eligibility remaining, and he is known for a solid 3 and D player for the Commodores last year. He shot 36% from three, 37% for three, from three on six attempts per game. He can shoot off the dribble. He's also a good defender and be a good pickup for anything. This is somebody tweeted. Um... Continues six for seven four as I said forty and he shot thirty six percent from three last year but the year prior his range was more present with forty three percent clip with threes and sophomore well he probably played a little bit more minutes down the stretch or probably played a little bit more minutes so his percentages are going to drop when you take more shots but oh well his ability to knock down open looks to use his length on the defensive side has made him a popular in portal he ranks as the forty six best player at the portal here's some names that are looking out that have reached out to him outside of Louisville I'm, yeah obviously Louisville's in this list Nebraska Texas A&M Georgetown South Carolina Arkansas Boston College Butler Louisville Xavier Miami NC State UCF Pitt Ole Miss Georgia SMU Seton Hall DePaul Iowa plus many more personally this is a guy I like to see uh, as a wing I'm not sure if wing players are Louisville's greatest need right now with Mike James Caleb Glenn Curtis Williams Trent Flannel Russell but a young group player so adds experienced power five wing like Strip wouldn't be back the worst addition. Not really. And plus, one thing that Louisville needs, Louisville needs a guy outside of guard play. And I stated this before on Twitter and other places. What Louisville needs, if a big gets tied down in the corner and he kicks it out to the guard and it collapses, they need a guy that can – that can hit corner threes. That's a three point, a three and D specialist. And Stroot can fit that mold. I think as a player, I think he can. And he comes in, he can get some stuff done. I think. All right, next, Sean Conway. This is a guy that I, another guy that I am very, very into. 
Six for five guard VMI. Sean Conley is nearly not as tight as, as the first three guys on the list. He is currently ranked the 140th. Uh, on the uh, on three transport behind noticeably departures like Roosevelt, Wheeler, Devin Reed, and Fabio Basile, whatever. But just because one three gave him a low rank doesn't mean he can't have an impact on uh, Louisville if you were to play for the cards. Conway started nearly every game last year for the VMI Cadets, Cadets, and averaged twelve point one points per game, four rebounds, and assist and a point uh, one point four assists per game, almost almost five rebounds a game. Excuse me. But where Conway's impact would felt. Would behind the three-point line. Sean Conway shot nearly 38% from three last year and illustrious almost six threes per game. So he's shooting, a, 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 once again, five to six threes a game. He's getting some shots. The numbers clearly don't make Conway – the numbers make it clear that Conway is an elite shooter, but this highlight clip also shows the ability to attack the basket where he's able to finish the rim and spot for dribble pull-ups. So they show some highlights here. Here's some lists of the, um, that Jake Warren put up. Put an article out about Rhode Island's in pursuit of Lowell's head is showing heavy interest. Um, the transfer portal obviously is far from filling up with so many teams playing for so so many teams still playing and just not or just losing last last week. So I don't have Conway as must added as for 2023, but his addition would help. The team struggling a lot of areas, but especially behind the three-point line. Lowell finished out the top 250 last year in three-point percentage, and Conway would start helping prove that. He could help with that, bring him in for spots and help out with shooting, but they got somebody else here. They got somebody else out here that can do better. Get him. But, obviously, a guy like that could help us. This is the one that I want more than anything. Davion McKnight. Davion McKnight officially decided in the transfer portal. They have a thing about him. Prior to him announcing his departure for West Kentucky, a source told me the Hilltoppers were fine hard to keep McKnight from joining the Louisville. So, that makes me – it. Big, Big Red Louie is writing an article about this that pretty much tells you uh, Davion McKnight – is probably coming to Louisville. The former Mr. Kentucky basketball will be a credible addition to the team as a Shelby Hill, Shelbyville, Kentucky native right outside of Louisville, by the way, wink, wink, has spent the last three years com- uh, commanding the, uh, the conference, the conference USA Hilltoppers. McKnight continued his dominance last season as uh, Western Kentucky's point guard, averaging 16.5 points per game, five rebounds, and almost four assists per game. His stats for 2021 put him in elite company. You're damn right it does because that's a guy that can do it all, fill it up, and he play for Western. And I don't care what anybody says, Western Kentucky is one of those mid-majors. When you see him on your schedule, you raise your eyebrow because they have a history of beating people. I mean, Western Kentucky put this page out. And this is one thing. I, can we stop with this whole thing? This player, this player, player are the first players to have 10 points, 10 rebounds, and assist in two games. It's like, do they have a stat for everything now? But here it is. Davey Olmignai is the only player in the country averaging 15.6 rebounds, 6 assists, and a steal per game. The only 10 players since 1992 have finished the season averaging those numbers include Luke Walton, Jason Kidd, and Penny Hardaway. Okay, that's cool. Yappy Kaye. I mean, it's elite company, but still, it's like these little stats that everybody comes up with now. Jesus. Little fans sure have plenty of strong and shifty guard. Fans are sure, sure have seen some plenty of strong. I'm sorry. Little fans are sure to have seen plenty of the strong and shifty guard during his time in Bowling Green. He is a solid ball defender, distributed rebound, and scorer for the mid-range and paint. He is really good in between the lines, man. I'm telling you, this dude can play. McKnight is only a decent three-point shooter as he converted nearly 34% of his three-pointers last season, but he does struggle a bit to hang on to the ball, something nearly all little players struggled with last year. 
McKnight averaged three point three turnovers compared to three and a half assists per game, but so he nearly had a one to one assist turnover, which is not something you want to see from your point guard. But even with turnovers concerns, McKnight is no doubt a pickup for the Cards. And see, I'd be shocked to see McKnight go anywhere below. We also got to realize McKnight also had the ball a lot in his hands last year, similar to what LL has had. So obviously, if you're the main primary ball handler in your team, you're going to turn the ball over a lot more to have your clip. So I'm not really worried about that. If he, with Sky Clark there in the backcourt and Trent Flowers, you have multiple ball handlers now. And if Eli does come back, there's multiple ball handlers where the ball can be spread out now. So it 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 it, it makes it makes me more relaxed on that. Next, Garwin Duel. This is a guy right here, a freshman in the class of 2023. That I really saw, and I'm really the more I read about him, the more I want him. So far, the two guys I most like on this list are McKnight and Duel. Duel. Unlike the rest of the guys on the list, Garden Duel isn't in the transport, but he doesn't make any less an incredible addition to the team in 2023. Darls have been committed to play for the Providence since 2022, but the news of Ed Cooley being hired away from the Friars caused Duel to decommit. Duel spent some time close. Spits time close to Louisville and Carmel, Indiana, and consists of a four-star guard on all recruiting sites. He's ranked highly as the 35th, the 35th best player in the class on rivals. So top 40 player on some sites. That makes me feel good. High Tyler Senior opening up his recruitment this late in the year is sure to catch a lot of teams' attention. But Louisville pulled off a similar move when they signed Den- Dennis Evans just a few weeks after his decommitment from Minnesota. So maybe they can do the same here. This is who Adol Dull is. Um, Garway Dull has heard from since his decommit from Providence, Cincinnati, St. John's, George, Georgia, Houston, Seton Hall, Dayton, Indiana, DePaul, Ohio State, Butler, South Carolina, Texas. Dual currently plays for the Southern California Academy and has long for his length as defensibility. Recruiting has also say he's dramatically improved off the offensive ball side over the last few months. So obviously, and there was, I saw some of his highlights. I watched some of his highlights. This dude can really, 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 really can really. He's long, athletic, six foot five, can handle the ball. He's he's really good going to the rim. I didn't see much shooting, but he can get to the rim. So six foot five on the length on the perimeter. Another need for Louisville could help. While logical jump to the conclusion that Duel will follow him to Georgetown, sources close to Duel tells 24-7 Sports that isn't not necessarily the case, and that the Holly Tiger is reopened. The Holly Tiger will open his new schools to get involved with his recruitment. So, I think Louisville should probably look to transport to fill their guard needs with a veteran peasant. But Duel does seem to have an incredible tangible as a six foot five guard who loves to defend. If he ended up in a Louisville jersey next year, I'd be thrilled. So let's the end of that article. And I like how they went all big. They went all sorry, not my mic around. They went all huge into just we need guards. We gotta get guards. We gotta get guards. And I get that. Now, I will make this clear as I we talked about this roster. When I named off this roster, I'm gonna go back and pull back that roster. I'm gonna go back and look at it. Now, Kenny Payne has, has said before. Kenny Payne has said before that he wants to eventually play positionless basketball, and that's what he wants. Now he is going to go wing heavy with that because the wings are really the main position for that. You need a point guard and good dominant wings. So, but right now they have three. Guys who can play the middle, Emmanuel, Hat, Hatfield, and Evans. 
Now, Churchill Abbas, the other, this other kid from the NBA Africa League that everybody's talking about Louisville's going to end up getting, he comes here and they get two guys out of that portal, that the two guys we just named off that list. You're looking at a team on paper with length and all that easily can finish in the middle of the pack of the ACC possibly. Now, it depends on what if Eli Ellis comes back. Then if Eli comes back with the scoring, you're looking at possibly a team that maybe make, might shock some people down the stretch and win some big games. Do I think they can make the tournament with this roster? I think they can because with the roster in place now, no, they need more pieces. Do I think they can make the tournament when they fill it just out and get the right guys in place? You're damn right they can. Because I feel like this is the team that Kenny Payne wants. These are the guys his staff wants and what they reevaluate, what they need. And I think this is going to work. Because you look at these guys, man, you got three five-star recruits coming in next year. One guy's got college basketball series. One guy's the best shot blocker in class. And the other guy's one of the highest talented freshmen who reclassified. Which kind of worries me, but at the same time, if he knows and he feels that way, it's going to work. I can't wait for this, guys. I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I am. So we're going to go back here with Big Ray Louie. We're going to talk about, uh, oh, that's the page. Oh, excuse me. Oh, my nose is a little stuffy. 2024 star Jalen Shelley says to visit Louisville. I'm going to read this. This is an article that's posted. Okay. By Cameron Frank. This actually came out two minutes ago. After an impressive week recruiting for the 2023 class, Kenny Payne has already scouted talent for the 2024 recruiting class as reported for um from a report from Joe Tipton, 2024, 2024, excuse me, four-star winger Jalen Shelley has announced he will be on an official visit to the University of Louisville this weekend. Jalen Shelley is a six foot seven, one hundred seventy-five pound small four who currently plays for Pest, Preston Wood Christian Academy of Plano, Texas, according to the twenty-four-seven competition rate. God, these big words. Competition rate ratings. He is listed as a four-star prospect in the number two state in the state of number two player in the state of Texas for the class of 2024. As I exit this off, uh, these advertisements. Excuse me. His recruitment to Louisville gained serious traction back in February 5th, 2023, when Kenny Payne and his staff officially t- extended him a scholarship offer. The normal tendency for uh, Kenny Payne's strategy is to offer a recruit. If they visit on campus. So the fact that he received an offer prior to a visit must mean Kenny Payne and staff really like this player. According to On3's recruiting prediction machine, Louisville is the lead to land Shelley at this point with 48.5% chance of receiving his commitment. The next closest is Southern Mess's University, a.k.a. SMU, with 15.1% chance. This could be a large praise that Kenny Payne has given in an interview to 24-7 Brandon Jenkins. This is what Kenny... This is what Shelly said about this. We had a, It was a good conversation between Coach Payne and I, Shelly said. He told me that my main focus is to helping players reach their dreams. He's really focused on developing players and get them to the next level. We talked for a long time, and he kept it real with me. He talked about the things he can do for me, his history, and his goals trying to cheat trying to change the program around. I really respect what he said. I can tell by his resume he is a good coach, and I would really like to see where the see. I would really like to go see them. So that right there tells you right then and there that the conversation is looking pretty damn good. The conversation between Jelly Shelley and Brandon Jenkins happened on February 9th, just days after he received a scholarship off from Louisville. And just over one month later, he will be visiting the program. It seems like Louisville is in prime position to land a versatile wing who could be the second member of the 2024 recruiting class joint point guard T.J. Robinson. Who I expect T.J. Robinson to climb in the rankings too, by the way. <laughs> so... 
Kenny Payne's already doing his work. He's done a good job with recruiting and reshaping this roster. Now, I got to a conversation with a guy at work. He goes, do you think in the portal era this would be a quick turnaround? No, if it was a portal era, it'd be a two or three, it would be a two to three to four year rebuild. But nowadays with the portal, the NIL opportunities, and people don't realize this about Louisville. The media market down there in college basketball, it's the number one market in college basketball. The state of Kentucky is the number one market for college basketball because of the the, the state. Because, for one, you got Lexington with the University of Kentucky down the road. I mean, we know what history they have. And then you go to Louisville, who's a media market too. The state of Kentucky loves basketball. They love sports. They get it. But they love, they absolutely love, love love basketball and I think this is big and you know Kenny playing who played at Louisville and coached at Kentucky he knows what he's doing man so I'm excited I'm very excited um also um good next week I'm gonna do a little more deep dive into Jeff Brom's first spring practice what I've been reading about things I really don't do that much I really don't pay attention to spring practice but football season is not too far away so rub my hands I say that so we'll find out as I knock my microphone around again Excited about that. So, what to talk about next? As I'm looking in, excuse me. As I answer this text message real quick, um, as I pull this up. So, we're going to talk about. Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Now, I didn't repeat a review on this on Facebook, um, on my page like I normally do. I usually do a non-spoiler, uh, a non-spoiler review. Um, plain and simple, guys. This is not going to be one of those reviews where I go down, break down every fucking plot point of this thing because uh, it's just not what's going to happen. I want to make this real clear. Um. Basically, Shazam Fury Gods, if you don't know, Shazam is a very, very comical character, Captain Marvel in the um, the DC comic book world, Detective Comics. A lot of things are going on about it, and I read that it was going to, you know, it was coming out. Um, um, that, um... I was trying to figure it out, like, you know... Sorry, I had to answer a text message. Um... Plain and simple, I was skeptical because I did like the first Shazam movie. It was very funny. I thought it was very witty. It was a Shazam's film. It was just a Shazam film. And I enjoyed it. Um, I thought Le- uh, Zachary Levi did a great job as Billy Batson Ash, or Shazam, um, the adult version. I liked the whole family he has around him. I liked that aspect of them bringing that in. And obviously, Thassavio was a good villain last last time. But now you bring in Hesper and Kalepsko, the tube dollars of the Titan Aladdis. You bring them into this. So I'm thinking, okay, they're doing the Titans, gods, fucking thing again. And it's like, okay, let's see what they're going to do. I mean, they didn't want to do the Snyder Vision, but they'll do it on their own, I guess. Thanks, Warner Brothers. Um, plain and simple, this film right now has a rot. Is a, it has a... Um, tomatoes, a Rotten Tomatoes score. And I don't really pay attention to Rotten Tomatoes. I don't. I mean, at this point, because Rotten Tomatoes has been so iffy with their fucking scores sometimes. But they gave them a, they have a, um, for example, they have a 51% of the ratings were positive, an average rate of 5.8 to 10. But if you go on, like, there's some scores, 
uh, like for example, Cinema Score gave it a B plus on an A to F, A plus to F schedule, and Pro's Track gave it a seventy eight percent, seventy percent positive score with sixty four saying it would be de- definitely recommend. So I don't understand. I just I just don't you know critics or whatever in my opinion. So open this film up. They open this film up. They go to a Greek museum. The staff that was snapped in half by uh, uh, by Shazam in the first film. And the, the daughters show up. Hesper and Calypso played by um, Lucy Liu and Helen Marina. So Helen Marina is a hell of an actress. Lucy Liu, I've known her for you know, obviously from Charlie Angels and Kill Bill. And they show up, take the staff. They find out what it is. The the source, the wizard. You know, you find out they got the wizard captured. Everything else in this. So. You know what, guys? I'm just going to scratch this review and just give you a little key points on because I just don't want to talk about it. I'll be honest with you. It's a solid film to the standpoint of it's watchable. And I usually support every DC film that comes out. I support And Marvel's the same way. This is a film that I just say, you know what? Wait a couple months to watch it on HBO Max. Just give it time. Because I'm so fucking irritated right now with DC right now and just so as a fan... I am so fucking just off my fucking rocker with this shit. Because I read something last night about The Rock and, and Zachary Levi having a beef now. Um, the fact that Lucy Liu in this film is a villain is fucking god-awful. And I've never acted or acted in the movie in my life. And I But that Lucy Liu is the drizzling shits in this film as a villain. And I really mean that. She is the drizzling shits. They changed the tone up a little bit in this where it was a more serious, it was more goofy, lighthearted last time, and now they try to be a little bit more serious that now Shazam has issues with with his, you know, he's trying not to be abandoned. He feels his family's going to abandon him and stuff. Um, they, it was just, okay, they try to be serious but then still be funny. They bring in a relationship. They bring in a relationship with um, one of the god, the daughters, and um, um, I'm gonna pull the character names down here. I'm on Wikipedia right now. They had, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Freddie, obviously. Freddie and Ann, uh, Athena have a um, obviously. They have a relationship. They start feeling away for each other. You find out it was a swerve coming. The swerve, they have a swerve in the middle of this film where you find out she's one of the daughters and you can see it coming a mile away when you hear the name Anne. I'm like, okay, that's Athena. Because if you know the, the, the title that you got, you know it's it's Hesapre, um, Calisio, and Athena. You know the names of the daughters if you know the titans of, of Atlantis with the Greek gods and all that the, the DC brings Hercules and shit into. And... They do some scenes where they do the funny thing where Billy Bats and Shazam he has a crush on fucking um uh, uh, has the 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 the, uh, the he has the wisdom of you know he has a crush on Gil Gadot's Wonder Woman they tease the fact that he might join in this also I want to give the credit to the um the wizard um gosh dang I can't say his name correctly <clears throat> As I as I pull my fucking voice out, the wizard is really good in this as well. Um, I just felt like watching this film after after 
and I mean this, I hate to say this, I think the magic with comic books films right now are kind of gone to this point. I'm kind of gone with it. I'm kind of just whatever with it. Um, it's just very, very upsetting from the fact that if you look at the situations, I really, truly believe that what hurt, what's hurting movies right now was 2020, the pandemic, the, co- the coronavirus pandemic, COVID-19, and the wind of God. <laughs> it kind of hurt things a little bit to a point now where has there really been a comic book movie outside of the Snyder Cut in the last two years that has been balls to the wall? The Spider-Man movie, obviously, with the three Spider-Mans, but they had to bring in, but to make that film like they had to bring in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and the other characters from the other, the other Spider-Universes. And then, of course, you know, you get... Um, you know, Snyder Cut was really good, but outside of that, Thor: Love and Thunder was a was a, was a, a was nothing I thought it was going to be. You heard what I said about Phase Five being a dud, starting it off. Phase Four was kind of a letdown because Black Widow felt like a film that should have came out five years prior to when it came out. Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness was really good, but there's just some of the things with what like, you look at DC, the drama behind the scenes of DC. You know, I thought getting The Rock with Black Adam. And then you find out there's political things with The Rock. He tried to make sure that he wanted Black Adam and Superman to have a final screen. And nobody else, they're going to build around that. When in fact, Black Adam, yeah, you are tied. You are tied technically to Superman. But you're more tied to Shazam in the comics. So I don't know what The Rock was getting with that. I think he was trying to be bigger than what he was, unfortunately. Um... Good fighting in this typical CGI. Um, they brought the tree of world out, the uh, with the monsters and shit with the tree of life. The, they bring the unicorns back, and you find out that the unicorns, the unicorns are really a monster, a monster that the the other creatures fear, which is a cool little concept. I like it. There was a scene in this that made me laugh out loud was when one of the little girls who, when she, uh, I forget the little girl's name. I, I'm gonna pull it up. When she's in a, um, Darla, Darla, excuse me. When Darla becomes Megan Good, she's whatever. Darla's a superhuman. Oh, she becomes a superhuman form. She's Megan Good, basically. Megan Good plays the character. She throws some skittles at the uh, the unicorn, and they were like, "We gotta give her more skills." The unicorns take off, and they they're seen going on. She yells, "I taste the rainbow, mother!" And it cuts it off. So I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was funny. That made me chuckle. Um. But um, it, 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 I'm just like everybody else in what people are saying. Shazam! Fury of the Gods is actually a good film. It's a good movie. Would I go spend it another time and go watch it again in the theaters? No. I should probably... Honestly, I would go see it. If I would go see it in the theaters, I would go see it at a low price. Like, if a ticket you find out there is like nine bucks, eight to nine bucks, and you just say, you know, I'm going to go see Shazam, I would go do it. Just do it that way. Because I'm just not a, a huge fan of, the, not the propaganda, but just, let's just throw a movie out there just for the sake of it. It just, just put, it felt like this film was forced out there to get it, the, just to have another Shazam sequel. Instead of, you know, you had one in 2019, it was really good, had good critic reviews, it was funny, fans liked it, I liked it. But you put this film out, 
and it's kind of with all the drama going around with new change regime and films being canceled and you don't know what's going to happen and you had this controversy it just felt like whatever and I feel like fans are kind of tired of this shit I think fans are tired of Marvel doing the same old same old film and I think people are tired of DC with Warner Brothers not knowing what the fuck they're going to do even though James Gunn I believe will turn things around and get things right but I also can see the fucking DC fans that are toxic and want to fucking hang on everything Snyder had. And let me make this clear. I am a Snyder fan. I support the Snyder Cut movement. I support the David Ayer Cut movement. But guys, enough is enough. We gotta let this shit go. Snyder's not coming back. Ben Affleck's not coming back as Batman. That breaks my heart to say, but he's not coming back. Henry Cavill's Superman is not coming back. Israel Miller and The Flash. Now, I think The Flash will be the thing that, that gets the comic book movies back where it needs to be. But The Flash, we don't know what's going to happen. Aquaman, we I believe Momoa is going to stay, but is he going to play Aquaman? Or is he going to be Lobo like people think he is? We don't know. Ray Fisher is Cyborg. Look, man, I respect what he's done, but he's killing his career doing this shit. Calling out Walter Hamada. He's basically killed his career. And it's uh, it's like these, and we don't know about Gal Gadot. She did show up as a, in a cameo in this, which was a funny part of the film. But I, I'm just like sitting here, like watching, like I'm having a good time. But I'm like, what in the fuck? Why am I feeling this way? The magic is gone right now with comic book films. Maybe, hopefully, when the Flash comes out and Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, those two films will get me back in the my get me back in the wheels of things, man. Hopefully, they do. I'm just, you know, I came on here today and wanted to do a really full review, and I just don't feel like talking about it. I gave some key points. All the post-credit scenes, you find out that Shazam is going to be recruited by the Justice of Society, and that originally was supposed to be Black Adam to show up to be recruited to join the Society, and Rock turned it down. So, yeah, they had to scratch that. So, thanks, Rock, for that one. I respect The Rock for being a pro wrestler and going to Hollywood, but I really think The Rock's ego is starting to get in the way of things. Just It's starting to irritate me just a little bit. And, of course, they tease that Severine is locked up in prison, and they show him with the... Um, he counters the Mr. Mind, and... And he, they do a little comedy routine where he he's infuriated. He hasn't begun to interact in his plan yet, and whatever. So, um, runtime of 30, 130 minutes, budget of one ten to one twenty five, and it's made almost sixty seven million dollars at the box office. And they just was released that it will be on HBO Max next month. So they're thinking this film's not going to turn a profit. Um, I hope Zachary Levi is in the plans for the future re the soft reboot of the DC re the DC. But I don't know. So on a scale of 1 to 10, what would I rate Shazam? I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. Solid film. I mean, it's a, it's a, just it's, it's fine. It's fine the way it is. It's just I'm kind of burned out. I don't like what's going on. 6.5 out of 10. I will drop a, as this film, excuse me, as this podcast goes on Friday, I will put the full review out on Facebook about it. And that will be that. So, yeah. Unfortunately, guys, I want to talk more about this film. And I just don't have the time. I just, I have the time, but I just don't want to waste my energy.
Sorry, guys. So, uh, boy, oh boy. So, let's go on YouTube a little. Cause we got a little bit. I got a little bit to talk about because, and speaking of the Flash, while I'm on this topic, there is a new trailer. Actually, there are two new trailers to talk about. There's a Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, and a new Flash trailer. So I'm gonna pull these both up for. We're gonna do a little watch around quick. Hopefully, uh, sixty-nine fucking advertisements. So hold on, guys. Okay, for some reason I cannot get. Uh, for some reason I'm not gonna be able to play on my laptop, so I gotta figure out how to get my fucking volume of whatever. So I'll tell you what, I'm gonna play on my phone here. I'll just hang, I'll hang up to my speaker real quick, guys. Real quick for you guys. Guys, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just go ahead and do the advertisement. Five seconds. This U.S. Special Forces device turns men into beasts. Oh, men into beasts, huh? All right. All right. So, guys, I'm gonna skip this ad real quick. Pause it. This is Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three new trailer. I am the High Evolutionary. You could be spies. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. So, like what I saw, I think I seen a teaser of Moon Knight in this too. We seen Adam Warlock and Drax getting a little bit of a fight. I like it. Very excited about it. Um, can't wait to walk, go to the theaters and see it, man. I believe it comes out. It doesn't have a release date on it. Oh, where's it? It doesn't have a release date on it. It looks good, man. Um, I expect some character deaths. Some deaths in this, and it gets rocking and rolling. So let's do. There's a new Flash trailer that got dropped. I believe it did seven days ago. New trailer. So here we go. Hopefully, it is another, another advertisement. There is it is Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, whatever, Hillary Duff. I don't care. All right, here we go, guys. Pull this back. Flash new trailer. With, it says, 2023. This came out seven days ago. Here we go. For some time, your world has sheltered one of my citizens. 
happening. You broke the time barrier, Flash. Ripples of distortion radiated out through that point of impact, shifting everything just a tiny bit. But enough. What are your superpowers again? Much like to save this timeline. Because this is the world where my mom lives. I'm not going to lose her again. If you were to go into the past, you have no idea what the consequences could be. I created a world with no metahumans. And now there's no one to defend us. Are you in? I completely broke the universe. They're here. Why? We've been waiting for you. You know, I am just thrilled with that. Thrilled because because it makes me so happy that we're going to get a Flashpoint film that I think is going to be well good. The fact we're getting Michael Keaton's Batman, we're getting Ben Affleck's Batman for the final time. I know Affleck came out and said he's only going to be in the film for five minutes, so that tells you something. Um... I still have had my fingers crossed that Keaton and Affleck are on screen fighting together, fighting with, fighting together against some villains. Zod's back. Uh, you see Gal uh, Gadot's in this. You see Kara. I mean, there's a lot of things excited to be about this film. I'm, I'm excited for it. Can't wait to watch it. I will be there opening weekend to see it for sure. Um, so, final thing we're going to talk about today, guys. Um, and this is. As I text my girlfriend real quick, Saturday or Sundays, babe. So, the final thing I want to talk about is this past Monday Night on Raw, Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns had another segment. And I've not really talked much about wrestling, but they had a segment where they went back and forth. And they've been doing this, and I just want to play this segment. Cody comes out and they exchange heated heart awards. So here we go, guys. Another fucking advertisement. I gotta figure out what's going on with my volume. And you must stand up or she will destroy us. This is Diablo 4. Your time is now. Play the open beta. I don't have an Xbox. Morning. Parties two for five dollar oh mix and match breakfast starts your day with made from Girlfriend was fucking with my volume thing on here and I think it screwed it up. I gotta figure out whatever. This is great. Alright, Hardy's. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Alright, here we go. Here we go, guys. Side by side as well. Cody Rhodes. 
I would say so. St. Louis, what do you want to talk about? I think I know what you want to talk about because I've heard you talk about it. The warning to me about staying out of personal and bloodline business. I've heard you talk about that. I've heard Mr. Heyman say that you've got a, a problem, specifically a Cody Rhodes problem. And I would love it, love it if you could define for me what you mean by problem. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not talking to you. Mr. Heyman, sir, take a step back. Hmm. I am talking to the tribal chief. Get this straight. You're not the problem. What you represent. Now that's the problem. You see, wise man, he's what we used to be. He, he's like our fathers. He's a professional wrestler. What we used to be, you see, I'm a fighter which in turn has allowed me to be the megastar around here. And you come in here and you say all these things that you're gonna do when we know you're not gonna do them because look at your track record. Let's look at it. You didn't wanna do the Stardust thing, so what happened? You ran away. And what happened? You ran away. You started a company and a promotion that you couldn't get over in and then you ran away and then you came here and you actually yeah exactly and he got over and his body quit on him as you little Peckwin pop you're not cut out for this. You keep talking about finishing the story. April 2nd, I'm going to finish the story. No, you're not. April 2nd is just a moment. It's an opportunity. It's like a lotto ticket for you. Your real moment is on April 3rd. Because when you wake up, you're going to have to look in the mirror. And then you're going to have to confront that adversity again. Not like you used to. Because when you look in the mirror, I want you to make a choice. And I want that choice to be something that your dad could be proud of. Otherwise, you're just going to do what you always do. And <coughs> run like a little bitch. <coughs> okay. Okay. Run. Run away. So for those out here, these, these little nightmares, if you've got the weight belts, if, uh, if you're somebody who likes the undesirable to undeniable tale, you have to know that what Roman's saying right now is true. I did run away. 
business broke my heart, I met adversity, and I ran away. I don't hear a lot of people complaining, though, because what I did while I ran away made it so that 100% of every locker room can make a lot more money. So I'm not really worried about it. Thank you for that, Cody, too. Thank you. You're talking to you calling me what we, what our fathers were, a wrestler? Man, I tried. I started here at 20 years old. WWE born and bred. I wanted to be a superstar. Sometimes I still want to be a superstar. But maybe that's the truth. Maybe inside I am. Just to run away, violent, like the taste of blood in my mouth, professional wrestler. Oh my god, it would put an advertiser right in the middle of the fucking video. Come on. Oh boy. Lexington, Kentucky. Don't Just like look it. at it. Beautiful. Back to the segment, y'all. Sorry about that. And I'll tell you what, and we'll make it clear right here and right now. Nobody needs to bring up my father one more time because if I hear it again, I'm absolutely going to vomit. He's not coming to this ring to hit a bionic elbow. My brother works elsewhere. The only thing that you're going to see at WrestleMania is me. And you want to talk about family? You want to talk about family? Here, I'll bring up someone you don't know. My mean-ass Cuban mother, who in this moment, you know what she would tell me? She would say, knock that boy out. And while he's laying there, hit him again for good measure. Tell everybody all this truth about April 3rd and what it means for me. Let's talk about what it could mean for you. What it will mean for you. April 3rd. Tribal Chief, you've got to wake up and remember what it's like to lose. You've got to wake up without these titles that mean the most in our world. And when that happens, Here's what else happens. Jay is going to leave you. <sighs> and then Jimmy will leave you too. So no Usos, guess what happens then? Solo, who you've been glaring at me all night. Let me tell you something that I had to find out when I was a second generation flanked by the champion. You think you're ready, you're not ready. Solo leaves you too. And when Solo leaves you, this man, well, he becomes an advocate again. So there you'll be, a man without a family, a Roman, with no more reigns, a chief without a tribe. You can feel the tension in this, y'all. You can feel the tension. You can just feel it.
That was the end of the segment. That's why they ended Raw the other night. So I heard, I saw some people online talking about, I want Roman, Roman and Cody get into a fight. Blah blah blah. Listen, guys, they're doing two things. One, they're talking about Roman being the chosen one, Cody being a failure in the eyes of his father, and they're doing the build up with the bloodline tension with Cody. Not excuse me, Kevin Owens and Sammy against the Usos. If you look at what's going on. They put this this story, this segment is how you plant, you plant the seeds for your main event for your biggest show. That shows you right there that Roman and Cody ain't gotta go out there and trade punches every week to get this thing over. They went face to face, they talked. Roman fired off at Cody, startled Cody, got the crowd to fucking to go with Rome, agree with Roman, and then Cody turned around and the crowd at the end was chant Cody, Cody. You get a little bit of solo and Cody conversation. Roman stops that. And there was also off-camera footage after the, the show ended, Roman chewing Solo's ass out. The unraveling of the bloodline is coming. Now here's the thing. There is rumor that Roman is going to take time off after Mania. That tells me Roman's going to lose to Cody at WrestleMania for the world titles. It tells me that. But also do not be surprised if they pull the rug out and have Roman win this match. Because we all know Roman the babyface could be coming back. I would rather I don't want Shield Roman Reigns. I like this version of Roman, to be honest with you. So I like what they're doing with building this up with the main event of Mania. And we're gonna pull WrestleMania's card right now. We're gonna pull the card up and run down the matches and what I think so far. So let's pull up. WrestleMania 39. So, the 30 at WrestleMania 39, plain and simple. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you know, they don't do the numbers anymore, but it is the 39th annual WrestleMania. And WrestleMania goes to Hollywood, they call it. So, here are the matches. The matches. Undisputed WWE Universal Championship match, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Fur versus Rhea Ripley. I have stated before, I cannot stand the fact that we do the women's championships for the Raw and SmackDown shows. Can they be named something else? Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Undisputed Unified, uh, Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship, Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul. United States Championship, Austin Theory versus John Cena. Becky Lynch leading Trish Stratus versus Damage Control, which is Dakota Kai, Io Sky, and Bailey. Finn Balor versus Edge and Hell in a Cell. Intercop, the match I think will steal the show on both nights. Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship. A fatal five-way tag, a fatal four-way tag team match so far. Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez are have qualified for that. Um, Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus 
the uh, Street Profits versus Alpha Academy and the Viking Raiders. Four-team match just on the car to get these guys a chance. Uh, just give them something to, to do. Um, these are the, the matches that have been announced, but they are supposed to happen. Bobby Lashley versus Bray Wyatt and Dominic Mysterio versus Rey Mysterio. So there's one, two, three, four, five... Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen matches. So seven matches on each night. It looks like we're gonna go with. Um, obviously, the the main event of Mania is night two, Roman versus Cody. Now night one, I know everybody wants the Usos and Kevin Owens, but I feel they they're, they're worried about getting some pe- some backlash for quote-unquote to for not having Charlotte and Rhea on the other main event. My opinion, I feel like the Usos and Owens and, and um, Zane should close night one, and I still believe that. I really, really believe that, and I'm going to stick with that. Also, for the people out there that don't like the show being two nights, I'm fine with it. I don't want to be up. Mania, I love Mania, but... <sighs> It, it was getting to be five, six hours for a show. It's like, enough's enough. Can we just do two, give us two to three, four-hour shows and just let us sit down and watch wrestling? It's not that hard. And also, my buddy Virgil Patton will be coming on the show for that to do a big wrestling show. We're going to break down match by match by match by match, which will be good. So anyway, in closing, guys, in this bonus episode... Just want to let you know, appreciate your guys' support like always. And I apologize for the advertisements on the videos. I will get that fixed as soon as possible. And just remember one thing, guys. I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is. Straight up. Have a good one, y'all.